could be. So that's why we put it there so we could get better at it. Now, I love communicating from the pulpit, and I feel like I do a pretty good job at that, but that doesn't always mean I communicate really well the rest of the week or with what we're having. So we put this on there so that we can all get better. But when I looked at it this week, I was like, I wonder how much scripture has to say about this. Like, is this just a sort of church thing? Well, I was surprised. Scripture has a lot to say about good communication. It has a lot to say about poor communication. So we're going to look at it today because communication, good communication, is key for church and it's key for life. All right? This culture code is clearly about effective, healthy communication. So let's look at why this is so important. So first off, I say this. Good communication creates unity. Poor communication creates disunity and chaos. Let me say that again. Good communication creates unity. Genesis 11, 1 to 9. Now, I've read this story before when we talked about unity, but today I want you to focus on the communication because you see the communication is what brought the unity. The lack of communication is what ends up bringing the chaos. So last time we just focused on the unity but not necessarily the communication level. So verse 11, it says, or excuse me, verse 1, verse 1. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylon and settled there. They began to saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Okay, last time I read this story to you, we didn't focus on the communication. Did you catch how many times they said something? They spoke something. They didn't just start building. There was obviously really good communication. Communication that is good brings unity. Now, once again, we mentioned you, they had unity with something God didn't even ask them to do. And so God said no, and he caused it to be finished. Verse 5, But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages and scattered them throughout the world. Communication is key to unity. Lack of communication always, if lack of communication continues, it creates disunity and can create chaos. This is true in church. This is true at work. This is true in relationships, okay? But I'm gonna speak a little more on that in a second. Let me just continue on here. Good communication allows people to take appropriate action and move forward. Okay, so communication is key for unity, but communication is also key for taking action. Everybody say action. Have you ever worked 
in a place where nobody told you what you were supposed to do. What happens? Everybody goes to the coffee room and has coffee because, let's face it, but it's frustrating, isn't it? Lack of communication can actually stop an organization. It can stop people from being able to do anything. Communication is key. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 8 to 9, speaks to that a little bit. Now, Paul, in this section, was actually talking to a church, and he was explaining the importance of them making clear what they spoke. And he was actually talking to them about tongues at that time, saying that it should be, if there's tongues, there should be interpretation, or else, you know, don't do that. Make sure everything's clear. So I'm just giving you the background of where this verse came. And verse 8 says this, If the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they're being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. Ah. So, in these types of uh, messages, I can't help but talk to people in relationship, couples. Because I think we get a clear picture. Because don't forget, marriage was an example kind of how Christ and the church were, wasn't it? So anytime you speak this, you've got to talk marriage. Never expect your spouse to guess what you're thinking or wanting. Spill it out. Make it super clear and they'll be able to take action. I remember a couple weeks ago, God gave me a word for a wife. And the, the word was, don't fight him, teach him. Well, how do you teach somebody? Communication. But you know, often fights happen because of a lack of communication, and then after you don't like what happened or what went on. Communication can solve that. So how important is communication in a relationship? Well, according to many studies, it's one of the key things. This is a quote from a study that I read, and it said, many studies have identified poor communication as one of the top reasons for couples therapy, as well as one of the top reasons for divorce. Did you catch that? Poor communication is causing divorce. Now I know you guys are strong and, you know, Christian couples, no, no, we'll just do it. But maybe some have poor communication and you're hating what you're in, but because God told me to, I will. Why not learn how to have good communication and enjoy it? Poor communication is destroying relationships. Poor communication also can destroy businesses, churches, and anything that requires more than one person. Okay? Do you understand anything that requires more than one person will require good communication? I mean, it's why someone who's been single and suddenly gets married, they're like, it was so easy when I was single. Well, it's because you didn't have to communicate to anybody. I'm, I'm thinking of the guys right now. I just did what I wanted. I just talked to myself and myself listened. 
Suddenly you have to learn to communicate. Communication is something God wants us to get good at. I actually brought up a little bit of a paper here. It says, how to fix communication in a relationship once and for all. Now, I just copied a few things from this article, but here's the quote. A lot of people come to me, it's a counselor who's writing this, a lot of people come to me because their relationship is on the brink of ending because they just don't know how to talk to each other without things turning into an explosive fight. So anytime a talk communicating happens, it's and there's a fight. And it's important, oh, excuse me, turns into a fight. And it's important to note that no communication at all in a relationship is the end or the slow death of any relationship. But you can change things. So the answer to poor communication is not, well, we just won't communicate. That's a guarantee to kill your relationship. That's a guarantee to kill a work relationship. If you're at work and you and the boss aren't getting along and you just decide you're not going to talk to him anymore, probably that work relationship will end. Communication is key. But here's six things that this writer said that would help with your communication. I'm going to read them to you. So this person wrote this article. Also, as I always say when I hand out papers from an article I've read, I have to put on there where you can find it online. If you read something from this writer that you don't like, this does not mean I agree with everything the writer writes. But I do agree with these points in this article. Six things to improve communication in your relationship. Number one, prioritize empathy and making sure that your partner feels heard and understood. Now this was speaking to couples in this article, but these are actually good for a different types of relationship, even relationship with kids, kids to parents. So prioritize empathy, making sure that your partner feels heard and understood. Number two, listen to understand, not to react. Many times couples do that. So the other person's talking and all you're thinking is, how am I going to answer that? But instead, listen to understand. Don't criticize, condemn, or complain And don't have unrealistic expectations of your partner being able to read your mind when something is bothering you. I don't know if anybody does this, but I think sometimes ladies do. You expect because your husband loves you, he should automatically know what the problem is. Can I say for all the men out there, we do not automatically know. We don't have a clue. Please tell us. You're like, well, I told you the last time this happened. No, tell us again, please. And again and again, someone's saying, we don't mind. We don't mind being told. But if we really don't know and we're expected to read your mind, it's impossible. It really is. But we do want to know. So interesting that the author put that. This was a lady writing, by the way, this article. Now, number three. When your partner is expressing something to you, make it clear that you've understood and validate what they're feeling. This point is actually one that in the past I was terrible at. Uh, If my wife is expressing something to me, rather than 
you know, letting her know I understood and validating how she was feeling. I just tried to fix it right away. Well, what would you feel like that for? That's not even real. Like, it's like this and this and this. That never went over well. And uh, I say, you know, I, I used to do that. It might have happened last week again. But anyhow, this is one I can get better at. When your partner's expressing something, let them know you understood. Validate their feelings. Number four, be compassionate with your significant other and don't take them for granted. In communication, if there's compassion, communication always goes better. Give them genuine compliments. If you're in a relationship, you need to compliment one another. And it's not a good enough excuse, well, when I grew up, our family didn't do that. That's a cheap excuse. You are smart, you can learn how. Find ways to compliment one another. That's healthy communication. If you only talk when there's a problem, or you only talk when you want something, it's not healthy communication. Find a reason to just compliment them because. All right? And finally, according to this article number six, just be mindful of your body language and tone of voice. We can be so much more aggressive than we realize. So just keep your eyes open for that. Okay, body language. Communication is not all speaking. Body language also speaks. It's like, you know, if the wife says, everything's fine. (laughs) Or the husband says, I don't have a problem with it. The body language is saying, yes, you do have a problem with it. And no, it's not fine. Someone once told me, (laughs) with couples' situations, if the spouse ever says, just do whatever you want, don't. She does not mean that. (laughs) Just means she's done with this conversation. So yes, tone and body language. Just have compassion with people when you're communicating and let them know by your tone, by your body language, you care about them. The most difficult conversations can happen when the parties in the conversations know there's mutual respect and care. You can talk about just about anything in those situations. Let's continue with what God's word says about this. And I am watching the time for you, uh, but let's continue on. God used clear communication. Again, I'm explaining to you why clear communication is so important. God used clear, precise, spoken communication to create the universe. You know, he didn't just, he wasn't that worker that says nothing and just got down to let's create. He actually used spoken word to do it. Now, you should probably go and read Genesis chapter one on your own. I'm not even gonna go there tonight. But you know how he created. Let there be light, he said. And let the waters be separated. He said that, but if you go look, you'll see he kind of also explained in some of them and had a little conversation and then did it. Isn't that amazing? God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and here he is speaking it and having a little conversation before it happens. So the miracle of creation began with clear communication. Oh, wow. Clear communication. First, or excuse me, John 1, verse 1. It begins the same as Genesis 1 and verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. 
And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So you see, Jesus himself was called what? The Word. Communication is extremely important when the Savior of the world is named the Word. And because of the Word, everything you see was created. Can I say it again? Communication matters. When you think about creation, every great invention that you and I know today required time planning it, ordering, and clearly communicating to make it happen. Here's another side to the picture. So God used direct, precise communication to create. The devil, Satan, used unclear, deceptive communication to destroy. How important is communication? You see, Satan didn't show up with a big red fork and just Adam and Eve, did he? Because he can't. You know, sometimes we think, or oh, well, he just came and he, you know, he did some powerful thing. He had no power, but he used deceptive, unclear communication. And that's how he defeated and destroyed. Unclear, deceptive communication in a relationship will kill it, guaranteed. Unclear, deceptive communication in a business will cause unbelievable problems. And yes, in church as well. Genesis 3, verse 1 to 6. I'm going to read this one for you. And listen how terrible of communicating the serpent does. You see, the serpent, it says, was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees of the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat of it or even touch it, for if you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Now, you know the story maybe from Sunday school and it just seems like a simple little story and you're thinking, how could they be so stupid? I believe we're given a little glimpse of the conversation. We're giving a little picture of what took place. Maybe it even happened more than once where the serpent asked, oh, what about that tree? But here is the thing. With deceptive communication, he caused Adam and Eve to doubt God and to actually believe that he was holding something from them and that God was a liar. God said, you will die. Deceptive communication turned Adam and Eve against the God who created them and loved them. How much more can it happen today? Deceptive lying communication can cause... People to believe things that are not even true. You don't think so? I'm not going to go there, but trust me, it's happening. 
deceptive lying communication can cause you to suddenly dislike and not be around somebody who was a friend. How did that happen? Because somebody listened to the great deceiver, the great liar named Satan. When division happens, it always begins with communication that's not healthy. And when there's a little frustration, suddenly we listen to that voice, and the next thing we're spreading things to other people until even close friends can be separated. You know, it blows me away. I cannot imagine how could Adam and Eve, because we read a little later, God comes down to walk with them in the garden. In other words, God walked and talked with them in the garden daily. Their friend. God says he's a friend. Their friend. They're talking with him. They know him. And yet the devil, through deceptive, unclear communication, caused them to think God is holding out on you and he's also a liar. If someone has come to you to make you dislike someone, don't listen. Can I say that? God will never come to you with something to dislike somebody else. That is not God. God may warn you if something's unhealthy, but he will never bring you something about somebody to hurt them. Okay? I just feel as I'm saying this, someone, you had a close friend in the past and that friendship ended, but it was from what other people said. And I really feel like God's saying, you need to give that friend who was like a best friend, you need to give them a call because everything you heard back then wasn't true. Things got out of hand and people actually spoke lies and you believed them. But if you have a best friend, take some time this week, give them a call. Let them, let them know they're important. Okay? Because they didn't become a best friend unless they obviously reached out to you and cared about you. Okay? Give them a call. Maybe, maybe there's somebody whose friend really needs some encouragement. All right. Many times for communication to be clear and understood, it also needs to be written down. So I've, I've given you spoken communication, but also communication uh, many times needs to be written. All right, let me give you a verse on that. Habakkuk chapter two and verse two. It says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So it was a prophet getting a vision from God and God told him, write it down so they can clearly see it and that they can move out with it. You know, speaking on this, my wife and I, have a notebook that we use. A number of years ago, actually not too long after I started pastoring, I had just one day a week, as Monday is my day off. And sometimes I'd be tired or whatever, but during the week she might say, you know, something needs to be fixed or this needs to happen. Monday would come along, I didn't remember anything she asked, and I'd be tired. Well, the end of Monday would come and still things would not be done. You know, or something would still be broken. And, uh, she would tell me and I would always say, oh yeah, for sure. And I meant it, I wasn't lying, but I don't always remember everything. Well, this happened for a while and all of a sudden I realized, you know, at work, the way I get things done and don't forget is I write them down in a notebook. And uh, so I told my wife, I'm gonna get this notebook. It's gonna go on the bedside table 
And it's a notebook of things I need to get done. And I said, you're allowed to write in it. Things Dan needs to get done. And I said, and then when I have time or when there's finance, we'll get it done. And, you know, she's never put in there, like, take me to Hawaii or anything like that, at least not yet. But it, it helped so much. She didn't have to feel like she was nagging me because she had to remind me so many times. And a lot of things got done around the house that were getting left. So again, communication, sometimes writing it down is a great way to get rid of the, uh, the non-stop what someone say is nagging. Because instead it's like, okay, we both know where we can find it. All right, so that worked for us, writing it down. Now, think about something. God also knew that people needed things written down, didn't he? Deuteronomy chapter four and verse 13. It says, then the Lord, the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. And he declared to you his covenant that's spoken, what he commanded you to perform. That is the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. So even God knew people sometimes need things written down. So hey, if you're in a situation where it seems like you're saying it all the time, maybe you just need to write it down, okay? Because communication is clear. Clear communication of the gospel, both spoken and written, is the beginning of salvation and eternal life. Yes, communication is important. Without communication, salvation can't come to people. Scripture's clear on this. In Romans 10, 13 to 17, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can you call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. And verse 17, so faith comes from hearing that is hearing the good news about Christ. You guys, communication is key for salvation. Good communication. Do you know how to clearly communicate to someone how to be saved? If you don't, I'm gonna encourage you, it's time to learn how to communicate well. And good communication may be different according to the age group you're talking to. Good communication may be a change according to the person's knowledge of the Bible. Maybe they know nothing about the Bible. Maybe they do. Salvation comes when you have clear communication. Matthew 9, verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus went about communicating first. Miracles happened after. Is communication important? Why did they believe? Why did they understand and have faith for miracles? Because he was a great communicator. Why wouldn't he be a great communicator? His name is the Word. 
Can I tell you, when we learn to communicate healthy and well, I believe we're being an example of who Christ was. When we learn to communicate with compassion, with forgiveness and mercy, we're being an example of the one who saved us, Jesus Christ. When we learn how to communicate clearly with no deception and no lies, we are an example of the one who saved us, Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, church. Let's learn to communicate well. Let's communicate clearly and with love for one another. Let's see there be unity like never before in our relationships, in our families. Let's communicate the way God created us to communicate.